Washington's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, we got the Ottawa Red Blacks taking on the Calgary Stampeders tonight into the first quarter. It is one zip for the Red Blacks. They got a rouge. Calgary did have a long bomb touchdown called back on offensive pass interference. So one nothing for the, oh, should I do it, Kellen? Should I do it? It is the season. one nothing for the Red Blacks. Elks are going to play on Saturday against the BC Lions in Vancouver. It's on 6.30, Chad, 3.30 for the countdown to kick off. The game will be at 5. we got plenty on that tonight. The Edmonton Riverhawks playing tonight at 7 at REMAX Field, taking on Kamloops. Uh, Blue Jays lost 4-2 this afternoon to the Orioles. The Edmonton Stingers won last night to bump up their record to 3-3. Three three. They beat the Saskatchewan Rattlers 79-74. Brody Clark, good game for him, 22 points, 9 rebounds. The Stingers play Montreal Saturday at 7 at the Expo Center. U.S. Open today. How about this? Two guys go out there and set records. Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley both shooting 62 both guys shooting 62 at the u.s open had never been done before gets done twice in the same day now still players on the course brian Harmon is six under after 11 holes so he has a chance to get to 62 rory mcelroy after 10 holes is 5-under. Uh, Phil Mickelson, 3-under after 13. He's tied for 7th. The top Canadian at the moment, and this is, again, with some players still on the course at the Los Angeles, uh, Los Angeles Country Club, Mackenzie Hughes, Canadian, tied for 14th. He's 2-under after 9 holes. Corey Connors was even today. Adam Hadwin was even today. I don't think he got tackled on any of the greens, which is good. Uh, so, anyway, quick update there from the U.S. Open. We'll keep an eye on that for you tonight as well 62 in a round of golf that's a, a that's a nine hole score for me someday especially if i'm not playing very well but they were able to do it over 18 as uh actually final play of the first quarter just now calgary runs in a touchdown to go up 6-1 on ottawa thanks a lot for tuning in tonight inside sports on 6:30, chad we will uh talk some hockey we got uh, some basketball and we're going to talk to a gentleman who uh, has been a ref in the western hockey league chris kreitch for the last 17 years he just worked the memorial cup he's going to tell his story i uh, always look forward to talking to the officials and as you you know over the years it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine and for many of you i think that uh, officials generally don't do interviews they, they certainly don't do post-game interviews now i we, you know i have a, at times talked to active officials over the years uh, often if they have reached a, a milestone usually not nhl officials you know we have had former nhl officials on this station um Paul Stewart has been on. Kerry Fraser has been on. Tim Peels joined me, I think, three or four times over the last couple of seasons. Dave Jackson has been on with Bob. But generally, active officials don't talk. I, I wish they would. I don't know if it would make anybody feel better, but uh, I, I wish they, they would. And as you know, I asked Gary Bettman that question, well, probably five years ago now, and he said, no, that's not going to change. But we got Chris Kreitch uh, after 17 years in the Western Hockey League coming on the show this evening. So I'm looking forward to that. So the Elks game coming up against the BC Lions. Here's the deal. 
Lucius Purifoy, defensive back for the Elks. He's one of the best DBs in the CFL, I would say. Going back to play the Lions, he was very good for them last season, and they released him in the offseason because they didn't want to pay him a, a bonus if he was on the roster at a certain date in February. So he says, we don't, we don't want to pay you uh, that money, so we're going to let you go. And the Elks snapped him up. And uh, he had a brief but uh, entertaining and informative chat earlier today with our Brendan Escott, starting uh, with him talking about the, the message after the week one loss. On to the next. The next one is the biggest one. So the, the one we just the one we just gave up in the past. We on the BC now. You got to be happy holding Saskatchewan to just 17 points in that Week One uh, game. What did you like about how the defense played? I won't say I'm happy with it because they scored on us. So f- that I ain't happy. Uh, but we played fast and physical. That's what we need to do. We made a little mistakes. We got to get out the field when it's time for us to get out the field. They stayed on the field way too long at the end. So that's what we harping on right now. Getting out the. F- giving our offense another chance to score. Some younger members of that defensive secondary, talk to me about how they're adjusting to the CFL game. They're adjusting. They see how fast they go. They see how the game is offensive game, especially at the last week, the first, first drive, we got, what, two passing defense penalties. So they, they realize, like, it's, it's a game of offense, so they got to lock in a little bit more, play a little bit more physical, but they got to learn how to get their hands off it. You've been watching film, obviously, with uh, Vernon Adams putting up some numbers against Calgary in week one. Talk about the challenges that BC presents to you guys as a defense. I got a comment. We'll leave you with this. Anything to say about the fact that this is a team that cut you in the offseason? I ain't got a comment. I'll see y'all Saturday. All right, so two F-bombs and two no comments in uh, one minute and nine seconds. I, I thought that was a good interview, though, Kellen. I did, too. And hey, no comment is a comment. No, yes, no, <laughs> no. Is is that an oxymoron? No comment is in itself a comment. It's a way out, I think. <laughs> I think it, it depends on the question, I suppose. Being asked about facing your former team and not wanting to comment is is perhaps a comment in itself. He, he says, uh, "Yeah, they still got a touchdown, so uh, bleep that." And uh, yeah. That was good. That's uh, Lucia's Purify, Purifoy of your Edmonton Elks, who is a very good player. We may have to play that again later on in the show. That was good. For sure, yeah. I wish it could have gone on a little longer, but I don't know if uh, we we have enough beeps allotted to fill in for everything. 780-496-0063. If uh, you would like to... You, you can't talk like that, everybody, if you call in. I guess you could text. Quite frankly, people can text in as much profanity as they want. Please don't. <laughs> well, then you just have to leave it out when you read it, Tech Kellen. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Make my job easier. Just text just, nice. Well, <laughs> I, I'm tempted now just to ask people for profanity-laced uh, messages, but that's okay. 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. You can email the show, insidesports at 630ched.com, and uh, you can get me on Twitter, send me a message there, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. I got a message today on Twitter from a guy who's uh, been listening to the show for several years and interacts with us sometimes. He goes by the handle Dead Rat Man, Kellen. Remember this Ooh. gentleman? Uh, you know, the name sounds slightly yeah, he, familiar. Uh, dead, yeah. and, uh, he was always mysterious to me, still is. So his handle is Dead Rat Man. So is he a man who uh, kills rats? Is he a, a dead rat who turned into a man? 
is <laughs> there's so many different combinations you could use there. Would Marvel sign off on that? That's my next question. Well, I think Dead Rat Man could be a superhero or perhaps a villain. I don't know. Maybe that'd be more of a villain. I'm Dead Rat Man. He crawls out of the sewer. They already have a guy like that named Vermin. Ah, and okay. people are like, wow, Reed just actually referenced an actual like C-list Marvel villain. Oh, I did, everybody. Don't tempt me to get started on that. Uh, 7804960. Maybe that could be our off-topic topic. Your favorite B or C-list comic book supervillain. So not Doctor Doom, not mm. Magneto, okay. not the Joker. Who's Superman's uh, arch villain? I don't even know. Oh, Lex Luthor. I go with Reggie. G- General Zod. <laughs> I go with Reggie from the Archie. Reggie comics. Mantle. <laughs> Reggie Mantle. Yeah. <laughs> I think he'd be a supervillain. I think he'd be an A-list villain. Uh, see, but he was more bumbling in the comics than anything else. I think, like he, he, don't forget, he was smarmy. He, I he think he meant ill intent, but he often know. couldn't pull it off. He but now, it off. who knows what they've done with the modern day Reggie? Right. I haven't read an Archie comic in 35, 40 years, yeah, maybe it's been even, twenty plus. How old for me, I am? Yeah. I'm pretty old. I think they still make Archie comics. Anyway, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Your favorite B or C list comic book villain and well can't they include a little bit of profanity Kellen what if they type the word bleep when they send it into you yes <laughs> I'm that, for that that might yes. be more of a humorous effect bleep or bleeping t- t- type in the word bleep for whatever word that you're trying to omit in the spirit of uh, Lucius Purifoy in his interview with Brendan Escott earlier today speaking of Purifoy head coach and GM of the team Chris Jones talking about his value yeah, I mean, Luchez is a very violent player. You know, he's a very fiery personality. I mean, uh, you know, we've bumped head at times, you know, yeah. but he's, he, uh, you know, on game day, you know what you're going to get. He's going to fly around. He's going to be able to play multiple positions, uh, you know, for you. And he's a, he's a tremendous tackler. Yeah, I thought he made a couple of good plays on Sunday against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and as we've been talking about, a pretty good defensive performance by the Elks in that loss to Saskatchewan, but unfortunately just couldn't do enough offensively. We had Mark Cordy on the show last night, the center for the team, and I asked him about not getting in from the one-yard line with three cracks in the fourth quarter, and he said, well, we just we just didn't execute. We just didn't execute. So they're going to have to do a lot better offensively here against a pretty good Lions team. I mean, they handled Cal um pretty um I mean, it was what 25 15 but calgary didn't do much in that game we'll see the stamps are now up 8-1 on ottawa so we'll see how they handle it tonight i think bc is good vernon adams maybe the second best quarterback in the league now after zach Kalaros. so something to remember there for the elks now look we've i'm not going to beat their poor record to death I've, I've given i've given it a lot over the last couple of weeks but they have had games you know, late last season and then on Sunday that they've had a chance to win in the fourth quarter and they couldn't execute. They couldn't finish. Uh, So Jones was asked today, is your team able to keep its concentration for four quarters? Well, we'll see. You know, I mean, in the fourth quarter the other day, we didn't play our best football, certainly. So, you know, uh, we've got to learn that there's four quarters in a game. And because even last year, if you go back, you look at a lot of times, you know, it's the fourth quarter ended up getting us. So Mm -hmm. we've got to learn to find ways to finish games. Uh, yeah, one of the many things the Elks got to find a way to do, but certainly some shortcomings in the fourth quarter have bit them here as they've been going through a tough stretch for a couple of seasons. Uh, I got a, a message here from... Now, this this individual does not 
right in often, Kellen, but when they do, it's usually gold. Uh, they go by the handle Yellowhead Drinker. The Yellowhead Brewery is not around anymore, is it? I I don't think. I don't so. think it's. I don't think it's around anymore. But they made a pretty. Because it was downtown and behind. Yeah, the, I think it was right on 100. And, was it right on 105? I believe so. It was right yeah. in behind the Revellion building. Revellion yeah, building. Sure. Something like that. Uh, anyway, so uh, this, so uh, Yellowhead Drinker writes in uh, Hi, Reed. Here's a football theme for you. Eric Tillman was a villain and was also a real B. Does that count? Oh my goodness. That's good. That's actually pretty. Good. That's the clubhouse leader. We may so have to get Yellowhead Drinker, our uh, one of our oh uh, one of our canned ham shirts uh, from Elite Promotional Marketing. That's why I wanted to bring up Dead Ratman. We we got Dead Ratman a shirt. And then of course we've got uh, Leslie texting in and said that mother bleeper who wore a lion's head as a vest from Spider Man. Oh, Craven, Craven the Hunter. There you go. Yes. <laughs> that maybe that could be the challenge too. Is people could text in. Spider-Man villains by their physical description, without, <laughs> and, then I, and then I have to name them, because I've all the Spider-Man is is uh, my favorite. I, I'd say Spider-Man is my favorite fictional character of all time. I mean, Homer Simpson would be up there, James Bond would be up there, uh, but I'm, Spider-Man would be number one. So maybe that could be the challenge as well. People could write in the descript, the physical description of the villain or something that the villain did, and I got to guess who it is. All right. Because I, I, I did have to think about that for a sec, but that's definitely Craven the Hunter. That I, I got one for it. you for later then. I'm going to save it for later. Oh, you're so, oh, now, well, now I'm titillated. Ooh. Anyway, uh, Yellowhead Drinker, thank you. Dead Ratman, thank you. I think Dead Ratman is already wearing his shirt. We do have Kelly Rudy coming up for the final time this hockey season, which ended a couple days ago with Vegas getting the Stanley Cup. Happy to hear from you. Hope you're in a jovial mood. I certainly am. 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet. <laughs> is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. The NHL Draft coming up on June 28th and 29th. First round is going to be the 28th, starting just after 5 Mountain. Rounds 2 through 7, Thursday the 29th, starting at 9 in the morning, Edmonton time. The Oilers at the moment, barring some trades uh, do not have a lot of picks they pick in the second round 56th overall they pick in the sixth round 184th overall and they pick in the seventh round 216th overall the draft ends with pick 224 so the Oilers do not pick in rounds one three four and five now again there could be trades or moving up but of course uh you know the the first round pick went to nashville part of the ekholm deal um so yeah that's uh could be a, a quiet couple of days at the draft news wise for your edmonton oilers but of course we'll keep you posted here on inside sports and on oilers now with bob stoffer and on uh, all our sports casts throughout the day on global news radio uh, global news radio 880 and on 630 chet Marty Baron, former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster, uh, was on the show last night. He gave some thoughts on the Oilers. The big question. 
question again. Like I, I'm specialized in, in goaltending, and I look at the Oilers, and I didn't think Stuart Skinner was good at all in the playoffs. And now I'm like, okay, was the regular season just uh, easy for him to play because he was playing with house money because Campbell was struggling, and then when it got pressured and when he was the guy, he struggled in the playoffs. He never really looked comfortable. Um, so are, are the Oilers needed to keep an eye on that because there is going to be a lot of goaltenders available in the market this year. The, the goalie market is going to be crazy. There's going to be so many moving parts. Um, do you have to look at that, right? Is it still a big question mark? It was two years ago. It was three years ago. It was really last year. Like, the Oilers should have advanced. They should have beaten, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights. They, they didn't because I felt like their goaltending was not good enough. And now you have that big question mark. So um, I still think that's going to be lingering. If they don't come out, if Campbell and, and Stuart Skinner don't come out good last year, it's still going to be the downfall of the Oilers. Can they get goaltending? Yeah, I, I think uh, a few things were the downfall of the Oilers against the Golden Knights. I mean, Skinner didn't play as well in the playoffs as he did in the regular season. We've been over that. I know there's a lot of talk uh, lately, too, about the Oilers might have to change their defensive structure, play more of a zone and less of a, a man-to-man that Vegas was able to exploit that, do things to pull the defenseman away from the front of the net and then get in there against forwards or just get defenders away from the front of the net in general. So that'll be something to watch for as we get into the next scene as well. Kellen, quick what do you have coming in there? Oh, well, we've got loose descriptions of your favorite Spider-Man villains or B-list villains or whatever. Uh, iMac texts in and just says, eight bleeping arms from iMac. Well, that's a good one because he also uh, embraced the profanity assignment. Uh, that is clearly Dr. Octopus, mm-hmm. who I would actually classify as one of Spider-Man's uh, A-list villains, but, ah, okay. but I guess you can do any. Yeah, that can be, it can be any Spider-Man villain for for this script. Definitely Doctor Octopus. I don't know if he has any other eight-limbed villains. I'll have to look that up. Kelly Rudy coming up inside Sports on Chet. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.